So tonight we're gonna we're gonna uh, have a couple of ministries come and share what they're all about, what they're doing. How many? Uh, somebody made a statement, uh, and I've heard this several times, and you've probably heard this. But as a pastor, I attend these meetings and such, and they ask us this question: If uh, if your church suddenly disappeared, would anybody in your community know you're missing, or would they miss you? So so that's the reason we need to have community outreaches. We have 28 missionaries and uh, missions agencies that we support both local and international and uh, um, gateway y'all you guys have changed your name so i have to look at all my notes gateway women's care is one of the ministries we support every month and we're excited about that so uh, uh, and again my encouragement is all of us be involved in doing something to help someone else so here's the skinny you know if you if you let the word of god get inside of you develop a prayer life uh, develop relationships with other people. How many know that's going to move you spiritually forward and you're taking steps? How many think that's healthy? And then another way to be healthy is to volunteer. We have a great dream team. Our dream team is our volunteer force here of people who help us do what we do. But then the fourth uh, additive to that is we need to be reaching out to our communities. We've got lots of things we are already doing in our community. Joshua's going to come up at the very end and share with you what we're doing in our community. But uh, before all of that happens, I would like uh, for, um, let's see, Paige White and Lori Mayhew Brown to come up. They're with Transitions Life Care. That's a hospice organization. So y'all give them a hand as they come. And as they come, let me say that... um, you know, this is a little sensitive, but Francoise Luaye, she went to be with Jesus in December, and all of us that went to see her were touched when we went to, uh, when we went to uh, Transitions, I'm looking for the name, I've got all, Transitions Life Care, I got it right, okay. So uh, we were all really touched just by the staff there and how they help people, so we asked them to come because there's an opportunity for you to get involved in that. That's an awesome ministry to folk uh, whose family members are transitioning to heaven, and uh, just a really awesome thing. So glad to have you guys with us. So I need to hold this microphone and let you guys have it and share. How about give them a hand as they uh, begin here? Thank you. Thank you. All right. So good afternoon, everyone. Hi. Thank you. So I am Lori Mayhew Brown. I'm the volunteer manager for Transitions Life Care. Uh, Transitions Life Care was founded in 1979, and Dr. William D. Dunlap, which is a founder, a find, a founder member of our organization, is a well-known cardiologist in, in the area, um, and he worked with RETS, and he also had a private practice. So after hospice became a model form over in Europe, they started to bring it to the States. And... Um, one night, he was walking the halls, and he heard one of his patients calling out, moaning in pain. And he was at that very end stage, and he was alone, and he was by himself. And that inspired him to start a hospice organization. He started out in a 1,500-square-foot home with one nurse. That first year, they saw only eight patients. They provided eight patients with end-of-life care. They started out with a $40,000 budget. Today, we're more than just that small hospice. Today, we have a $400 million budget. We serve 689 patients with hospice care on a daily basis. We have over a 1,000 
palliative patients on our service. We started out with the name of Hospice Wake County, but we, in 2010, we decided that we're more than just Hospice of Wake County. We serve more than Wake County. We serve more than just everyone in that area. We're now transitions of life care because we believe in transitioning our patients from one service line to the next so we can embody all the care. So we take a very holistic approach. Um, so not only do we provide hospice, we are also a palliative care service. How many of you are familiar with palliative care? Okay. This allows patients to continue treatment while they're still benefiting, uh, in this, um, benefiting from being less symptomatic. So we have a nurse practitioner, social worker, spiritual care, counselor work along with the patient and their doctor while they continue that treatment. When they longer can continue treatment, then they move on to our hospice agency. And so they keep the same team as we move forward, the same volunteer, the same team. So that right there is the transition. We also provide home health services. Um, so it's more of a transitional service. So home health we provide. We also provide bereavement care. Um, and that is a community at large um, project. So regardless if you receive our service from the hospice organization, if you're on our service, you can still um, receive bereavement care. We also have a PEDS program that serves babies and young adults on hospice or end-of-life care as well as palliative. So we're more than just a hospice. We want to continue to grow, and we have. We have grown into um, seven different areas at this time. We're in, of course, Wake County, Johnston, Harnett County, Durham, Granville, Franklin, Orange County, and Chatham. We have about 550 staff members, and we also have a wonderful hospice home that's located off of Trinity Road. It's a 30-bed facility. We are the biggest hospice organization in this area compared to Duke and UNC. And we do work with them on time-to-time -time basis, but we like to think that we're different and we provide excellent care. So we pretty much take a holistic approach. And um, like I said, our holistic approach is not only do we focus on the patient, but we focus on the family. Um, and so we're going to share, I think it's one more time. So I want you to really think about these terminologies, respite, companionship, transport, quiet presence, and practical support. Paige, my counter, my colleague here, is going to read a real story, a, a, a scenario that is a story that is about one of our patients. I want you to look to your left, look to your right. This story, I want you to understand that death has no restrictions. Okay. And because we take a holistic approach, we believe in supporting every individual. It could be you in that position. It could be your neighbor in that position. It could be a friend in this position. And it's not always easy. So as the minister asked you, open your hearts. And the one thing I want you to do is think about, are you interested in how you can help?
All right. I am 52 years old. I have lung cancer. The doctor has told me that it has already spread to my liver and my bones. He says that the cancer has spread too far for any treatment to help. I just don't understand how this could happen to me. I stopped smoking 20 years ago. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm so worried and anxious. It is becoming harder and harder for me to breathe. I find that I'm less and less able to take care of myself, and I know they will get worse. I have two children, a son who just started college, and a daughter who's a junior in high school. My husband still has to work to pay our bills. He has much to do with work and taking care of me, our children, and the house. I know that the time will come when I will not be able to make my own decisions. I don't even know what I want to do. How can I ask someone else to make those decisions? I don't want to be a burden to anyone. My doctor says that hospice can help. I hope so, but I really don't see how. So I want you to hold on to that story, and I want you to think about, one, are you interested in helping? Because this is your friend, your neighbor, your, your church member. And also think about how you can help. It's very simple. I like to tell my volunteers that I have, we have 400-some volunteers, but we always have need for more, especially when we're covering this amount of area. I like to tell them that we can't add days to your life or to their life, but we can make sure we add life to your days, okay? And so that's what we count on our volunteers doing, is adding life to their days. End of life is about providing dignity, care, why they can in their home as much as possible. Loving, being compassionate, and um, somewhat being a God for them. So we need you, and we would love to have you on our team if you're interested. So thank you. Thank you, Paige and Lori. Give them a hand. I'll tell you that. Thank you very much. So how many know uh, believers ought to be in every area of life? Would you believe that? And, you know, God wants us to get out from the four walls of our church and, and really minister life in all areas of our culture. This is a really, can be a really great ministry. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's just, uh, we are very impressed with how they present themselves and how they minister life to families. And uh, if that's something that's on your heart, we have a table at the back and uh, just encourage you to go and uh, talk to them about how you could be involved and what you could do to, uh, to make a difference. Uh, next we have, and uh, no stranger to Victory Church, uh, Wendy Bonanno and her husband Miguel. And uh, Wendy again is with uh, Gateway Women's Care. So come forward and give her a hand. And she's going to share with uh, us about their uh, pro-life abortion alternative and what they provide. So we are excited to have you back. Well, I'm excited to be here. Hands up all of those who know a little about Gateway. Oh my goodness. All right, so the rest of you know nothing at all. So my name's Wendy, as Mitch said. Actually, we had children that went to school together. And he's a little bit more fortunate than I am because he's got four grandkids and I don't have any at this stage. But I'm planning to catch up on you. But it's wonderful to be here tonight. Victory Church has supported Gateway for decades. Maybe one of the earliest churches to come on board when this ministry began back in 1984. And if you want to put it into a box, you can put it into the Pregnancy Resource Center, the Pregnancy Crisis Help Box. 
but Gateway is anything but a ministry in a box. And the number one topic, the number one thing that gets people riled up in the news and in the media at this point in this country's history is the issue of abortion, isn't it? I mean, we're not hearing much more that drives people crazy and people are so polarized one way or the other. And before I sort of talk a little further, I do want to say that every time I go to a church, I realize that there could be a man, there could be a woman, it could be you sitting here, and that has been your story. That is something that may have happened to you or your partner made that decision. And I just want to say that Gateway cares about you. There is no judgment for any woman or any man who comes through our doors. There is nothing, if that's you, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. And if you need help and you're looking for hope and forgiveness, come and seek us out. But there is much going on in the country. We hear of all these states that are enacting different abortion laws and they're from one end of the spectrum to the other, aren't they? I mean, we've got New York, the state of New York, where legislators cheered because they made it legal to abort an unborn baby all the way up till birth and even during delivery. And if you didn't know that, that is now law. A woman has the right to abort her baby up to delivery and during delivery if she chooses not to have that baby be born alive. And then you switch to the state of Missouri, which come Friday could potentially have not one abortion clinic in the whole state. So that's the state of Missouri. State of Mississippi, the six-week abortion ban. Once they, the baby gets to six weeks old, abortion is illegal. And other states that have introduced the heartbeat bill, as soon as a heartbeat is detected, abortion becomes illegal. And I don't know if you realize that the heartbeat begins beating at about 17 to 21 days in utero. So that is way before any ultrasound machine can determine that a woman is pregnant and that there's a beating living human being inside of her. So in the state of North Carolina, we have this end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. Some time ago, a federal district judge ruled that the law in North Carolina which banned abortion after 20 weeks, and that's the current law in this state. It is legal to abort an unborn baby up to 20 weeks. And this is a 20-week-old unborn baby. It's the size and the weight of a baby that could be killed here in our state. 30 babies a day up until this age, are aborted across the triangle. Wake County, Durham County, Chatham County. Nearly 30 unborn babies a day lose their lives to abortion in this state. And so this district judge has left it open to extend the actual abortion limits beyond 20 weeks, so way into second trimester. And yet, we now just recently, you may have heard that um, a bill that is being proposed and it was actually passed by the House, vetoed by the Governor, and we're waiting to see if the Senate will override the veto, was the Born Alive Baby 
it's not called the Born Alive Baby Protection Act, but it's, it's along those lines that if a baby is born alive after a failed abortion, that doctors must by law provide the same degree of care to that baby as they would to any other infant. Now, it seems kind of crazy, doesn't it, that we have to make a, a law that once a baby is here, it should be given care just because the mother didn't want it. And we know that it goes beyond what is called a woman's reproductive rights because once that baby's born, she's not pregnant. That baby is not inside her. It's a living, breathing human being that under God, we believe, should have the protections that other, um, that other infants born at that stage should. And so this is what we've got going on in the country. And some people respond to this by becoming an activist and they want to, you know, pray down at the abortion clinics or they may want to march. And I would encourage you to contact your house members and your council members because this vote needs the support of the community and let them know where you stand on that issue. But in the middle of all of that, there is a compassionate response, a non-political response, a compassionate response that seeks to reach and serve those women and their partners who are in a very, very difficult situation and they're facing an unplanned pregnancy, some on their own, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to get help. And that is where Gateway steps in. So we are a non-political faith-based ministry that seeks to serve women and we've made the decision to have a very narrow niche and you've got a spectrum of pregnancy centers some that want to serve women who they're already intending to carry and have their baby but they need help and resources and that's admirable but if you shift down to this other end we know that there are women who are on their way to the abortion clinic and if we don't reach them, if a pregnancy centre in the town of Raleigh does not reach them, a baby dies. And so we have chosen to reach the most abortion-determined women in the triangle. If we're ready, I'll play a short video. You'll hear the story of one of our girls, and then I'll talk a little more and talk about ways that you might like to get involved. Thirteen years ago, Jana found herself lying on an abortion operating table, tears streaming down her face as a nurse tried to assure her of the decision she had just made. All she wanted to do was jump off that table and run out of the building. But it was too late. She vowed she'd never get an abortion again. She went on to have a son, but a few years later she discovered she was pregnant again. She was scared and the timing couldn't be worse. She Googled information on abortion clinics and clicked on an ad for Gateway. At Gateway, our mission is to empower women to choose life for themselves and their unborn children. Through the effort of the counselors at Gateway, by God's grace, Jana ultimately made the decision to choose life and gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. This is just one of thousands of stories of abortion-determined women across the Triangle searching for information about abortion clinics each year. At Gateway, women and their partners find help and hope, compassion and care, education and resources, 
and the strength to choose life for their unborn baby. Every day, we open the doors of Gateway, and Jesus brings in the world. A world that is lost, a world that is hurting, a world that needs Him. But right now, there is no pregnancy center in Durham. With the six highest abortion numbers in the state and two abortion providers, Durham needs a pregnancy center. We see this incredible need, and we feel God's call. And now, Gateway is opening a pregnancy center in Durham, summer 2019. Come with us as we expand across the triangle under our new name, Gateway Women's Care, to reach more, serve more, and save more lives in Raleigh and now also in Durham. So Janice's son just graduated kindergarten and her little girl turns one in a couple of months. We've become, my husband and I have become close friends with Jana and that happens fairly frequently that you'll make a connection with a young woman and have an ongoing relationship with her. There are, as I said, over 10,000 abortions across the triangle. There are four abortion clinics. The one in Durham was the one that Jana went to. There was nowhere else for her to go for help for her pregnancy. And yet when she spoke to the abortionist, who has had his license revoked in other states and had his centre closed down and he's reopened under other names, she was alert to the fact that this might not be the best place to go. And so being the only abortion clinic in the county that does not yet have a pro-life presence, we made the decision about six months ago to move towards having a pregnancy centre in Durham. So we will have two pregnancy centres, the one here in Raleigh and the one in Durham. We'll be right up there, um, North Duke, North Roxborough, right near Duke Regional Hospital. And so the need that we have as a volunteer-driven organisation is for volunteers. And this is an organisation with over 1,200 pregnancy centres across the country, driven by probably 70,000, 80,000 volunteers. And we're no different. And so at Gateway, we have a team of 30, 35 volunteers, and we're constantly looking for more people who God has moved in their heart and called them to help empower other women and their partners to choose life. And on our table over there, there is a handout if you want to take it, if you're interested in the different volunteer positions. The main position, and I know it's a hard ask, because we ask our volunteers who are trained as client advocates, they're the counsellor, they're the coach, we ask them to be able to commit to a four-hour shift each week. We put them through a really extensive training. It's like a coaching training. But that is our biggest need. And there may be someone sitting here today who's thinking, oh, my goodness, I want to make a difference in this area. I want to be able to serve. I want to be able to use the gifts and abilities and the stories that I've got. And sometimes people say, I can't help in that area. I've got nothing to give. I've got no story. Well, I thought that was me, and 10 years ago, I started as a volunteer. And what I realized is that God uses what you have in your life, and you will figure out how you will share with a woman who's sitting across from you, how men, you will share with a young man, 
We have five male client advocates at the moment. We saw nearly 100 men come in last year with their partners. We served nearly nine, we had nearly 900 appointments. We had over, we provided over 1,600 services and already this year we're a third ahead of where we were at the same time last year. So we're reaching these women online through our online marketing. It's the best way to reach her because we've got a five to seven day window from the time she takes that pregnancy test and she has that abortion. So we are reaching her on that very precipice of a life and death decision. And when we get her into Gateway, it's our client advocates who sit and talk with her, help her look at her situation, think of alternatives that she may be able to take advantage of. And we connect her to the resources that she needs. We virtually treat every client and create an a la carte plan for them, whether we connect them to Medicaid, whether we connect them to OBGYNs, whether it's housing, whatever it is. That's how we will help a young woman who makes the decision to carry her baby to term. We refer to abortion, we don't refer to abortion clinics, adoption agencies. And so oftentimes a woman feels that she can't parent her child. But the need that we have for people to commit themselves to this ministry, that's the hardest commitment. There are some others that are a little easier. One of the options that might be available to some of you, whether it be your small group or a women's ministry, we give every new mum a diaper bag filled with things that she needs. And oftentimes churches help provide these. They will have a diaper bag get together at their church or in their women's group. They'll collect the items that go into the bags and, and help provide those. That may be one way if you don't feel that you can commit to four hours a week, this might be something that you might say to a group of your friends, let's do that for Gateway. Here's another option. We give every woman who leaves, regardless of a decision, because we want her to feel that we care for her. You know, we're not there just to save that baby. We care about her. And so we give every girl that leaves a little gift bag and it's filled with really nice things, nail stuff, you know, hygiene things, you know, things that women might like. And I'll just tell you, we had a woman come about three weeks ago. She was cold. She was detached. One word answers, yes, no, yes, that kind of thing. And she obviously didn't want to be there, and she wanted to get out as quick as she could. And just as she was leaving, the client advocate said, look, well, we have a gift bag for you. You know, if you'd like to take that, we'd like you to have that. She started to cry. She said, you mean that that's for me? We said, yes. Even though I, you know I'm going to have an abortion, we said, yes. We care about you. It's you who we care about. So she took the gift bag. That was on a Thursday. The next Monday when we rang just to follow up to see how her procedure went and to make sure that she was okay, she said, you know what? My boyfriend and I changed our minds. We listened to what you had to say. You cared about me genuinely. And we went home and we made the decision that we could do this together. And so love and compassion, support and care is what it is that Gateway does to help women in need. And I just want to finish because I know I'm way over. Sorry, Mitch. But I just wanted to say is we were singing that song earlier. Bodies are being raised. That happens at Gateway. Babies' bodies are being saved. Giants are being slain. Prayer does amazing things and it takes women away from that abortion decision 
in a way that nothing else can. But yes, we need a move. Miracles happen when you move. We need a move. And I believe that God moves through you and me through the church. So let me encourage you that you make a move and get involved. So thank you. Give her a hand. Thank you. Wendy, thank you. That was awesome. Uh, I'll take this from you. Thank you. Thank you. Wasn't that awesome? We have some great local ministries that we have been supporting for a long, long time. So you have some tremendous opportunities to be involved on varying levels. At this time, I want Joshua to come up. Joshua is not only a praise and worship leader, but he oversees outreach at Victory Church. How about give Joshua a hand? Tell him about what we're doing, guy. So you all know that we are busy, 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 busy as a, as a church. We're in Smith Elementary doing mentoring. We're um, providing backpack uh, or food through the Backpack Buddy program. We're in Southeast Raleigh High School doing uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes um, program with them. We are um, at With Love from Jesus. We are at the Raleigh Dream Center. We are in Wallace. And those are just all of the local things um, that we do. Um, but what I want to point out um, with, with both of these organizations, you know, with Transition Life Care, um, I want to drive home the point that people die alone. And they don't have to. I want to point out that with uh, Gateway, that we, as the body of Christ, as the church, have an opportunity to walk with these women, and I'm sure maybe even some men at times, through some of the hardest seasons in their life. Now, here's a question for you, church. What is our vision statement here at Victory Church? Helping people become who God created them to be. We get to help people become aware of the fact that they are so loved by our Father. You get to sit beside these people. They might be afraid. They might just need somebody to hold their hand and say, you know what? It's going to be okay. My God loves you. But we have that opportunity to do that. Um, in addition to that, June 8th, we're going to be at uh, the Raleigh Dream Center on McMakin Street. That's June 8th. That's not this weekend, but that's next weekend. And again, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. Jesus says, what you have done to the least of these, you've done to me. He said, I was hungry. He said, I was thirsty. I was imprisoned. I was naked. And what you did to or what you did for these people, you've also done to and you've done for me. So let's minister to the Lord. Let's minister to these people. If you are interested in finding out more information about Transition Life Care or about um, Gateway, we have set up the kiosks in the back. If you are interested in signing up for the uh, serve day on June 8th with Raleigh Dream Center, there's also a kiosk in the back with all three of those in there. And you can go in there and you can sign up tonight. Somebody say, tonight. Tonight. Don't put it off. Just sign up tonight. Right now. Don't do it. Don't leave. Just sign up tonight. Sign up tonight. And we will make sure you get the information that you need. We will put you in contact with whoever you need to be put in contact with. Y'all, we have an opportunity to make Jesus known. Let's not pass up the opportunity. Amen. Am I good, Pastor? You're good. I'm going to dismiss this. Is no, you, I'm gonna, you got I'm, All right. Yep. <laughs> Everybody, give him a hand. He's, he's just a great guy. How many know Jesus said, if you've done it to the least of these, you did it to me? 
So how many know what we do to others we're really uh, doing it to Him? So when we're ministering in transitions, life care, or we're helping with the uh, with Gateway Women's Care, or we're helping in Smith Elementary, or or we're helping uh, build rebuild houses in Wallace, or whatever we're doing, when we're ministering to someone else, how many how many know we're we're affecting Jesus Himself? So. Uh, just really encourage you to get involved. Lastly, my encouragement is, you know, often the thought is, well, I'm not quite ready, you know. I, I just need to get myself more spiritually in shape. Listen, you know what I found out? And I'm so glad. One of the reasons I'm glad that God called me to ministry when I was 18 years old is it forced my hand to get out of my little cubicle and my little box of thinking and go and, and live to meet someone else's need. And what I found was I had a boatload of needs in my own life. And, and all of us still do in varying ways. But you know what you find out? When you reach out to meet somebody else's need, God reaches in to meet yours. How many hear what I'm saying? So again, I've said this so many times. God turned Job's captivity, Job 42.10. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And I was just thinking before we came, Mark chapter 5, Jesus, uh, there was a guy who actually lived in the cemetery. He had a boatload of problems. Jesus came and ministered to him and set him free. Everybody in the town was afraid of him. Nobody can handle him. Jesus ministered life to him. This guy came back up to Jesus before he left town and said, well, well, Master, I want to come with you. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. No, you go to your family, you go to your friends, and you tell them what the Lord has done for you. See, this guy was, I mean, just fresh out of demonic control, uh, fresh in the hands of Jesus. And he was a, he was a newbie now in the things of God. And Jesus said, no, I want you to go tell people what's happened to you because Jesus knew full well, if you want to be ministered to yourself, minister to someone else first. Stand up on your feet. I appreciate everyone in here. Thank you for all of those that volunteer at Victory Church. And again, I can encourage you to consider uh, all of these other things that we're involved in. And again, thank you for coming uh, tonight. They'll be at the table here. So uh, go in the back and make conversation and talk to them about what they're doing. And, uh, and uh, I think that'll be great. So how about uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. And we'll just dismiss just like this. Is that all right? So Father, thank you so much. Lord, you've ministered, you minister to us day in and day out. You have given us your life. You have given us your nature. Lord, you have revealed yourself to us so very, very well. Thank you for the life change that you've brought to each person in this room. And now, Father, I ask that you would empower each one of us to go and make a difference in another life. And Lord, thank you for these wonderful ministries that have uh, been with us tonight. Lord, thank you for what they represent. Thank you for all of the people that they minister to. Thank you for Transitions Life Care. And Lord, thank you for what they provide for families uh, all over the Triangle area. Lord, speak to us if you would have us to be involved in that. I believe there are people in the room that you would speak to to help them. Father, thank you again for all of the years we've been able to be partners with uh, Gateway Women's Care. And Lord, thank you for Wendy and all of her team that are helping uh, the men and the women who come. And there are those here that you may be speaking to to, to, uh, to get involved and help them. Father, thank you for the privilege of being partners with these with these organizations, and thank you. Thank you for speaking to us and enabling us to minister life. And as we do, thank you for ministering to us in Jesus' name.